Hello everyone, welcome to Locked On Angels. Don't touch that dial, don't be alarmed. This is not Taylor Blake Ward. Uh, I'm your temporary host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, the normal host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, typically just across the street from Catella, and normally across the street practicing social distancing. However, uh, TBW is not here today. Uh, His throat is closed up. He can't really talk, so he said, hey, can you do it? Yeah, sure, why not? So I am here doing Locked On Angels for today. Hopefully Taylor will feel better tomorrow as far as voice goes. But don't forget, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or anywhere that you can hear a podcast. Or you can ask Alexa, hey Alexa, play Locked On Angels and hope that you typically hear his angelic voice across the airwaves. Um, If you guys have been paying attention to the TBW Twitter, you can find Taylor Blake Ward on Twitter, at Taylor Blake Ward. You'll see that he's been doing an all-Angels franchise team. Uh, Yeah, I've voted on all of these. In fact, him and I have talked about this off-air. And we talked about this on a previous podcast. So if you want to hear a previous podcast, check those out. Also, you can check me out on Twitter, at StimpyJD. So we've been talking about different positions for the Angels. If you guys haven't voted already, make sure to vote on Taylor Blake Ward's personal Twitter for the All Angels team in franchise history. And I'm probably going to do the same thing for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. So be sure to check that out, I would say, next week. As far as each position goes, I mean, I have my take on it. As far as who should be on each position, I'm sure you guys have heard that. And it's position by position over the two weeks. And something I want to remind you guys later on is Taylor has some more stuff coming up. I'll talk about that at the end. As far as the catcher goes, yeah, I agree with the majority of this. I think Benji Molina is by far the best catcher in Angels history. I know people are going to say, oh, Bob Boone. Bob Boone was a great player. So was Mike Napoli. Yes, that's true. But you have to think about who played in that 2002 team. I mean, that is a franchise team right there. They went all the way. They beat the mighty San Francisco Giants. And if all SoCal fans, okay, if most SoCal fans can agree on one thing, if you're a Dodger fan or an Angel fan, you don't like the Giants. And it was very sweet winning that 2002 World Series. That was one of the sweetest World Series over the past two decades. And I don't think this is necessarily based on who's the favorite. I think this is talent. I mean, Benji Molina is no slouch. He's a very talented catcher, very good at framing the plate. So I, I like Benji in that catcher position. As far as the other positions go, first base was tough. I know the majority said Rod Carew. I voted Darren Erstad personally. God, I had to go with Erstad on that one as well. Although a personal favorite of mine, Wally Joyner from back in the day. I love me some Wally Joyner. That was a great early 90s team when you had Wally Joyner in there. You had Dick Schofield in there. Those were fun teams to watch. Some of my favorite personal memories was watching Angels games way back when. So that's who I went with in first base. Second base, yeah, uh, most of you went with Bobby Gritch. I went with Adam Kennedy for the same reason. And even going down each, each position, yeah, third base, this was obvious to me. If you guys heard, Troy Gloss, I mean, come on, there's no question about that. And shortstop, wow, no one really wanted to give Dick Schofield a chance. I voted for Dick Schofield in that one because I knew that everyone was going to be voting for Angleton Simmons. I know everybody here loves Simba, but 
give some love to Dick Schofield. He was a great player. His father was a great player. That's a great baseball family if you want to come down to it. The Schofield family has, you know, had a great history. They've had a consistent history as far as father and son goes. Uh, Dick Schofield Sr., he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, if I remember correctly. And he was a great player even way back then. So, I mean, that's who I went with just because I knew that no one else would. And I had to give him at least a couple of votes there. As far as outfield goes, okay, this one is going to be tough. I did give three outfielders without regard to position. I said Garrett Anderson, Jim Edmonds, and Mike Trout. Knowing full well that Jim Edmonds and Mike Trout are both center fielders. So when that center fielding position comes up, that's going to be very tough. And I'm fascinated to see how many votes are given to Jim Edmonds. Look, I know Mike Trout is going to win. He's the best center fielder in Angels history. He's probably the best center fielder of all time. Or one of the best center fielders of all time. He's the GOAT in the minds of several Angel fans and several baseball fans. Mike Trout is the GOAT. But... Man, Jim Edmonds was in another world for a few years in Anaheim. Who can forget that amazing over-the-shoulder diving back-to-the-camera catch at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City? Who can forget that? One of the iconic plays in Angels history, if I'm just going to be totally honest here. So I'm fascinated to see how that ends up going for the other outfield positions, center field and right field, and even utility player. You have to give love to the super utility players of the Anaheim Angels. And if you guys haven't voted yet, make sure to check out at Taylor Blake Ward and vote for each position. Uh, There is voting up to left field. Center field and right field is to come. So, you know, let's see how you guys vote that out. Let's see how that turns out over the next couple of weeks or rather the next week. Because he's doing this over the course of two weeks. I think this will end by the end of March. So make sure to vote on that if you haven't already. We're going to head to a break. But before we go to a break, Locked On wants to help you out by giving you a $100 restaurant credit to Postmates. If you guys haven't already, download the Postmates app at Google Play Store or Apple Play Store and check out Postmates. They will give you a $100 takeout restaurant credit for seven days, use the promo code Locked On or Locked On NBA to receive $100 credit for your first seven days for Postmates. And make sure to download the app on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Once again, Postmates $100 credit using the promo code Locked On or Locked On NBA. More to come after the break. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're not locked in with Taylor Blake Ward. Rather, you're locked in with the host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, pinch-hitting Jason J.D. Hernandez. As I mentioned in the first segment, Taylor Blake Ward, he's got no voice practically, so he asked me to pinch it for him, and I had no idea what I was going to talk about today. He said, talk about the all-time team, but then after that, I mean, I had no idea what the heck I was going to talk about, just kind of go at my own pace. So I kind of had to think about what 
can I talk about that would appeal to Angel fans? Well, before I do that, I want to talk about something. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Major League Baseball, they're going to present opening day at home. You may be asking, what the heck is opening day at home? All 30 teams are going to broadcast something, a game, on different platforms. And for you Angel fans out there, if you want to catch opening day at home, you can check out MLB YouTube. And for the Angels at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 9 a.m. Pacific Time, they're going to show the 2018 game where Mike Trout went 5-for-5 at Yankee Stadium. I remember that game. Man, Trout was all over the place. Yeah, he had a 5-for-5 day. At the Bronx, that's a good one to watch. So check that out tomorrow on MLB's YouTube at 9 a.m. That's going to be Mike Trout's 5 for 5 game. You know what? I might live tweet that. It, it sounds like it could be fun. I mean, that was a fun game to watch even back then. So why the heck not, right? Some other notes, if you guys missed it. Um, yesterday, there was a conference call with Billy Epler, and this is courtesy of Jeff Fletcher. Um, No Angels have any COVID symptoms, so that's really good. Um, No players are doing any baseball workouts, which is also, you know, standard. Starters are going to throw bullpens on their own. And as far as injuries go, Griffin Canning and Otani-san, they're still getting treatment. Uh, Canning got a PRP. He may resume throwing in a week or two. That's pretty good news. He may end up not missing any time if this um, COVID-induced delay of the start of the season goes further than say june so canning could be a possibility for an opening day or modified opening day starter whenever that is hopefully that day comes sooner rather than later we hope to see some baseball in 2020 so we'll just see now i didn't know what else i was going to talk about and i decided you know people talk about their best game or their favorite game But I'm going to turn it 180 here. I'm going to talk about worst games or not necessarily worst baseball experiences, but maybe life changing. This was both a life changing baseball game for me and the worst baseball game I've ever seen or not seen. Let me explain. When I was a wee lad, um, I'll just say I was quite young. I went to see the Angels on 4th of July. This was kind of a tradition back then where we would see a baseball game on the 4th of July, either the Dodgers or the Angels, whoever was home. And in 1993, it happened to be the California Angels. They were home playing against the Cleveland Indians. And back then, the Indians were a pretty decent team. They were starting to build up their pieces. So 4th of July, 1993, if you guys remember the Big A back in 1993, the LA Rams were also playing at the Big A. And because the Rams were also calling that stadium home, the entire stadium was enclosed. There was no opening in center field like there is now. So in order to watch the fireworks, you had to leave the stadium through the center parking or through the center gates, go out to the parking lots, get a spot, somewhat up close and watch the fireworks from the parking lot i kid you not if you guys are old enough to remember this that was a thing that happened we hadn't seen this in about 25 years now Uh, thanks to the northridge quake some of those seats were bulldozed so if you guys are older listeners and you remember that tell your kids that say yeah back in my day 
we had to leave the stadium and go to the parking lot to watch the fireworks. So I'm showing kind of my age here, older than 25. But I was really young. So the Angels, they got off to a really good start in that game. In fact, they got off to, let's say, two runs, or rather four runs early on. Two in the first, two in the second. I was having fun. By the way, I was one of those kids that always wanted to get to games early because I wanted to see batting practice. So I saw the home run from Chili Davis, one of the greatest Angels of all time. And then I saw another personal favorite, Gary DeSarcina. He got an RBI, and so did Luis Polonia. Remember Luis Polonia? Man, that was a fun team to watch back then. You had Luis Polonia, Tim Salmon was a rookie in right field. You had Chili Davis DH, and you had Damian Easley, Gary DeSarcina. Mark Langston started that game, and he had a great start. And Tori Lavulo, yes, that's Tori Lavulo. But going back to the game, yeah, 4 nothing start early on, and we thought the Angels were going to cruise for the rest of that game. In the fourth inning, Cleveland did get three runs back, and Cleveland had a pretty good team back then too. They had Kenny Lofton, Carlos Baerga, Albert Bell, Carlos Martinez. They were pretty good. So in the fourth inning, it would be Felix Fermin, of all people, that got an RBI. And Carlos Baerga, he hit a home run kind of close to where I was sitting in that game. Yeah, we got kind of eh, seats out in the bleachers out in the outfield. So Carlos Baerga nearly hit a home run to me. It was 4-3, and it was 4-3 for a while. So here's where it went from great to what? Bottom of the seventh. Angels don't score. Seventh inning stretch happens. And if she hears this, she's going to be pissed. So my Aunt Lauda, she's really wanting to watch the fireworks, as are a couple of my cousins, and I hope they're not listening. But they wanted to go out and watch the fireworks. Me being a young kid, I said, but the game's not over. They said, but we're not going to get a good spot. People are starting to leave. So I said, but the game's not over. (laughs) You know, kind of like a child would. But the game's not over. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The adults... You know, they did their thing and they're not going to leave me in the stadium. So my mom kind of looked like, okay, I guess we're going to go. So my mom was kind of on the fence about leaving. My aunt and cousins, they really wanted to leave. So I said, okay, fine, we're outnumbered. You know, let's just go out to the parking lot, get a spot. So top of the eighth happens. Nothing happens for the Indians. The Angels still have their four to three lead. So we're outside the stadium about at as it should have been. It should have been about 20 minutes out. And if you recall, the fireworks started about 10 to 15 minutes after the game had ended. So we go to the bottom of the eighth, and I missed a Gary DeSarcina two-run RBI. So I heard the crowd going in the bottom of the eighth. I look at my aunt. I start whining like a child. like, man, I missed that. What's going on? So it was 6-3 Angels. So you got to think that they're going to win the game. Mark Langston had a good outing. He goes out in the top of the ninth. Gives up a couple of singles. Okay, so Steve Fry replaces him. Steve got fried. He gave up three singles in a row. Not only that, three RBI singles to tie the game at six runs. And I could hear some of the groans from the crowd. And I'm going, what's going on? Finally, someone has a radio outside the stadium near where we got our spot. And we had a good spot too. But we heard tie game. Six to six. I'm like, oh, geez, they're going to lose. So then it goes to the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, the Angels don't score. Chad Curtis got a single, but that was about it. So it would go to extra innings. In the 10th inning, nothing happens on either side. 
the game is still going. And me and my youth, I'm going, what's happening? What's going on? So I finally start like, like inching close to the stadium and I convince one of my cousins and I will never forget this. One of my cousins actually agreed to this and said, what if we go back in? What if we watch the rest of the game and leave them behind? So we kind of sneak away from our family and we just say, we'll be right back. Like, okay, they're thinking we have to go to the bathroom or something because they did have the bathrooms outdoors at the time for those that were waiting for the fireworks. All right, fine. Yeah, they didn't know what we did until we told them afterwards. (laughs) But my cousin and I, we saw people leaving the stadium. And back then they had those big push doors that were outside the ramps in center field. We waited for more people to leave to try to get a spot for the fireworks. And finally, in the top of the 11th, we saw two people leave. During the 11th, not many people were leaving the stadium. But finally, we waited and waited. Two people left. We snuck back into the big A. I kid you not. We snuck back in, watched the bottom of the 11th, and watched Tori Lavulo get a game-winning RBI walk to win the game for the California Angels. 7-6 to six in 11 innings. I will never forget that because that taught me two lessons. One, there is a way to... It's a terrible lesson to learn. There is always a way to sneak back into a stadium late in the game. And two... Never leave a game early. From that point on, I vowed that I would never leave a game early unless I had a really good reason. So I want to hear from you guys. So you guys can, you know, check me out at StimpyJD. Tell me your least favorite baseball memory or the baseball memory that changed your life. That one was my worst and changed my life because I missed the two-run RBI And I nearly missed the game-winning RBI in the bottom of the 11th inning. And yeah, I know we say never get to a game late. Never leave a game early because you never know what's going to happen. Well, there was my lesson right there. Never left a game early after that. And once my aunt found out, she was pissed. My mom was upset and she said, okay, that's fine. I mean, she was upset, but not too upset because at least I saw the end of that game. And speaking of the end, we're at the end of this podcast. So if you want to hear this or any of the previous episodes, check it out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere that podcast can be heard. Hopefully Taylor Blake Ward will be back tomorrow. Hopefully his voice will come back. If he still has no voice tomorrow, then it could be me coming back tomorrow. We never know. I don't know what else to talk about. I'll come up with something. Maybe something not so last minute. But also, uh, make sure to follow Taylor Blake Ward at Taylor Blake Ward. Follow me at StimpyJD and let us know what your least favorite baseball memory is. Not your best, your worst or least favorite. I'm curious to know what's the one game that you guys regretted going to, hated watching in person, which one was the worst. So that takes care of that. For Locked On Angels, it is not Taylor Blake Ward. This is Jason J.D. Hernandez saying don't forget to Cross your T's, dot your I's, and stay nasty, Anaheim.